Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. Today's presentation includes Robot Holocaust and 1990, The Bronx Warriors. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. I can I can give you one piece of advice right now. Don't go see the new Aronofsky movie. Oh, uh, see, I don't trust your opinion, though. As we'll get into on this episode. Yeah, we're going to probably not all get along by the end of this episode, I don't think. So we're talking about. I I told you guys, Robot Holocaust was on my list of haven't seen yet. Okay, I know. So, but we're gonna get into uh, discussions we had over Facebook about it. So, all right. Um, so we're doing dystopian futures, and we let Noah pick the movies. Wait, <laughs> wait, we let we let Noah pick the topics of discussion. I don't think movies necessarily applies. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, and of course, the first one Noah threw out was Robot Holocaust. Yeah. Because it's, you said it's been on your list. Yep. All right. Well, guess what that means? That means you get to synopsize Robot Holocaust. Okay. If there is such a thing. Hold on. <clears throat> Let me prepare my announcer voice. So, Emo Conan teams up with uh, Dime Store C3PO and uh, Future Princess. Uh, she also turn. They also team up with uh, angry man-hating Shira and mute Tarzan. <laughs> they then travel across the wasteland, avoiding mutants and and other mildly inconvenient things. Uh, finally, wandering through a hallway filled with toothy penis puppets, and having to face down their greatest nemesis of actress who's clearly new to the country and being exploited along with Cthulhu, Dark Vader, and disembodied voice who presents no actual threat. Okay, well, reading the Wikipedia seems unfair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all while mankind is being held hostage by the big fan from Total Recall. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I'm saying this, but that was a perfectly accurate plot description. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So it sounds like you guys didn't like this movie. <laughs> oh my god! This, this I, is so bad. Again, I not a movie. It, <laughs> hey, it is a feature length thing that has been placed on film. It, it is a movie. So, 
when you guys were kids, did you have like the things where you would go out and you'd buy like a book of your favorite movie and it would come with like a tape that you could put in your Walkman that would kind of read the book to you, but it would interject like the the voices of the actors for some of the line dialogue? Yeah, you know I'm talking about. I had like the last Starfighter when I was a kid, and I would sit there and read it over and over again. But some of the words, this movie is like somebody had one of those books and then went the other way instead of taking the movie and turning it into a book. They took <laughs> because it is literally like a guy telling you a story, and then every now and again, one of the scenes gets acted out. Well, the movie's so badly put together, they need that narrator exposition to like make sure you haven't like lost the thread. <laughs> Again, I hate to get caught up in terminology, but put together, are things in this movie put together, or are there just an assortment of scenes with voiceover telling you what's coming next? <laughs> my, my first major question is, uh, Emo Conan is telepathic at the beginning? Yeah, Why? it doesn't move his mouth. And, and it never mentions it again. No, he, he does it with the robot at the beginning, and then never, never shown again. Yeah. All right. I can't believe you guys got that nitpicky so early in this conversation. I mean, that is not a big problem by this movie's standards. Oh, no, it's not. Well, first of all, you guys are wrong about nitpicky because I didn't just watch this movie. I found out that uh, they did an MST3K of it. Yeah, and so so nice. I watched this movie, and then I went back, and I rewatched it with the MST3K track. That was probably helpful to understand what was going on. <laughs> It was immense. I once once again, I like garbage, and I do believe this is one of those movies that transcends. It's so bad, it's hilarious. What's up with the pleasure chamber? What's the point? Why is she naked? Why are those two people dancing? <laughs> I had weird flashbacks to the Star Wars holiday special during the pleasure chamber scene because I was just thinking about Grandpa putting on the headset. <laughs> and it's just like what why is that happening in the middle of this air quotes movie <laughs> the fact that you refuse to call it a movie may be my favorite thing <laughs> but ah movies are like when they use film to tell you a story How about that's not motion, what happened motion picture motion picture an acceptable term <laughs> that's probably better well, yeah, I guess. I mean, you can't call it a talkie with that guy doing telepathy without moving his mouth. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you guys um, think that, do you guys think that was on purpose? Or? No, I, I think that this this movie feels an awful lot like they didn't have a script and they just shot scene after scene after scene after scene. And they were like, we can't afford to write because we need the special effects budget. But Here's the thing, though. The basic structure of the of the like again story is a strong word, but of what happens is like it's okay. So you've got a couple of people, and they meet up with a couple other people, and they decide they're going to go like fight the evil the the you know like the boss at the end of the video yeah. game basically. And on the way, they pick up a couple other stragglers, and they come up a couple against a couple of friends. That is like a very easy story to tell. There's no reason why you couldn't have had dialogue that just had that story happen because it, like a lot of other movies, all you had to do was like watch some of those and steal a couple of the ideas. But once again, 
so awesome. <laughs> no. I don't think you know what that word means. There is a hallway of toothy penises that attacks them. The weird thing about that hallway is those things are graboids. And somebody stole that idea and made Tremors out of this movie. That's the only good thing to ever come out of this movie because those things look exactly like shitty versions of Graboids. Like if they didn't have a special effects, budget. they're going to be attacked by the uh, the toothy penises from this movie, but slightly less penis-like and uh, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> and exactly. So here's your budget. Go make that movie. <laughs> Supposedly soon to be a TV show with Kevin Bacon. Excited. Kevin Bacon. Would this movie I'm, I'm, would this movie have been better if Kevin Bacon had been in it? Well, I mean, just about everything improves with Kevin Bacon in it. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that he starred in another movie with one of the people from this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will tell you guys that this is a Tim Kincaid movie. And this is the not the last stop on the Tim Kincaid train. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> He's so oh. bad. He's so bad. I don't know. Oh, we we may have to have a discussion about whether we're still going to stay in the Tim Kincaid train or not. <laughs> Listen, I will, I will give you guys months of separation. I understand <laughs> that multiple doses of Tim Kincaid in a short period of time can damage a human being. <laughs> oh, this was just so ridiculous. Because we haven't even addressed the fact, because some of the listeners probably haven't seen this movie. I don't think it did that well. At the box I hope office. not. <laughs> like when we say there's just a bunch of individual scenes with voiceover connecting them, it's not like any of the scenes look like scenes from a movie either. They look like scenes from a high school play where some of the kids didn't bother to put on their makeup before they came. Yes. And, like I, the one thing that drove me nuts is like some of them look look like they're in this like dirty post apocalyptic world, and other ones clearly like went to a salon that day. Yeah, yeah, and it's they're like, perfectly you gotta make your choice. <laughs> yeah, you got to make your choice on something like that. Either like this is a you know a fantasy film where everybody gets to look perfect, even though it's a, or we're going realistic and have to be, and the people are covered in dirt and grime because they're working in. I think there was a mine in this movie, but I'm not really sure. And <laughs> so, like, it's one or the other, though. You can't have half the characters doing one, looking one way and half the characters looking the other way, because it's just ridiculous. And for for a post-apocalyptic future that uh, where the world has been decimated by an army of robots, there are only three robots. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them was, was a good so guy. Yeah, were those three robots the army of evil robots? I'm not sure. Well, no, I guess I guess they get attacked by a couple robot guards at the very end. Yeah. I will guards. say the robots didn't look that bad. No, I actually... Yeah, I think that uh, Cthulhu Darth Vader, actually, yeah. that's a cool... Like, he's an intimidating-looking, cool villain character. Not, I'm not going to call it good... He's, he's not a xenomorph, you know? This isn't... No, it was more of like a still picture of that guy would be cool. Like, whenever he tried to move, it was like, oh, that doesn't look good at all anymore. <laughs> but when he was just standing there, it was like, all right, that works. I would say all the bad guys look like bad guys from Fallout. 
You've been playing Fallout. I know. I have been playing Fallout, and I was watching. I was like, these these would all just you could slot them right into the game, and no one would bat an eye. <laughs> That's true. There's also more deuce ass machina in this movie than any movie ever. Like every time they get into trouble, somebody's like, "Oh, but I have a thing." We're, yeah, we're being attacked Especially by robots. They're invincible. Ah, yes, but I can fire an EMP once every hour. <laughs> then why didn't you do that an hour ago, you son of a bitch? I like when they're going down the uh, penis hallway, as you like to call it. <laughs> and that one dude gets bit and dies, but everybody's just kind of like, eh. Because I mean, well, none of these characters know each guess, other. But, yeah, but I thought him and the other guy said they were brothers or something at the beginning. <laughs> something. I don't know. So they're just like, oh, I got bit. I'm not going to argue with you. No, I know. But it's just like, oh, I got bit. And then, well, I guess we're out of the, the, the penis hallway now. So let's just get on with our lives and not worry about it. Maybe they didn't know he was dead because the special effects of him getting bit were so terrible. <laughs> now, like, oh, oh, no, that penis monster put red paint on that guy's neck. What are we going to do? Let's talk about the fact that apparently what the ultimate evil does with people that he wants to get rid of is absorb it into himself and turn them into a giant wrinkly nutsack with a head on it. That's weird. <laughs> I was like, this is well, his ultimate goal? <laughs> no, the weird thing is, that was something special. He doesn't normally do that to people. He was like, ah, I hate you. I'm going to turn you into a wrinkly nutsack and absorb you into my body. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how to address that. <laughs> it's simple, Doug. Are you yay or nay on wrinkly nutsacks? Keep in mind, giant, giant wrinkly nutsacks, and there has to be a human head sticking out of them, and all of a sudden, I think I'm very comfortable saying nay. I mean, the the the, the connectors, the like the fleshy tube that comes down and attaches to the nutsack, even yeah. looks a lot like a vas deferens. Like, That's heavy vas deferens, if you will. Yeah. Ah, it's so good. Okay. Oh. <laughs> You're using a lot of words wrong in this episode. Did did you laugh? That's the no. Question. There was lots of shaking my head, going, "What the fuck?" But here's the thing: when I laughed while watching this film, <laughs> I was laughing at it and not with it, and that that's a big difference. You're supposed to laugh at it. <laughs> I don't think the people who were making this. Well, first of all, I'm not sure that they knew that this was going to be seen by others or they might not have agreed to do these things. <laughs> but I don't think their intention was for me to be laughing. I was going to say, they seem that to is be, a the actors seem to be taking themselves very seriously in this movie. Yeah. Yes, well, yes, they do. <laughs> I hate to keep getting caught up in terminology, but actors? <laughs> are you sure? People who are in front of the camera, quote-unquote camera. Fair enough. Dra dramatizers? Dramatizers. <laughs> They're reading a script in a dramatic fashion. Yeah, I swear, some of the scenes I think they had cue cards off to the side too, because they were just like saying the words, and it didn't feel like they were putting the uh, the emphasis on the right parts and stuff. And it's just, 
I don't think you're doing it the way you're supposed to do it. <laughs> I, I did love the ending of Princess Chick talking to her dad and him being like, kill me. And she's like, no, I won't do it. And he's like, kill me. And then uh, Emo Conan just walks up and shoots him. <laughs> in the that, movie, that was probably the highlight of the movie. Yeah. And the movie ends with instead of her being like, oh, I couldn't do it. it. Instead, she's like, what the fuck, man? You killed my dad. <laughs> <laughs> he does give her like doesn't he give her like a hey I'd have killed everybody's dad if it would save the planet yeah, yeah <laughs> much. he's like eh, it was for the best <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ did you see those vast deference he was miserable <sighs> I will say that uh, I'm glad this was on YouTube because if I would have rented this uh, no you'd be off the show yeah, if this had cost me money, I think I'd be openly angry right now. <laughs> oh, the worst thing is that makes me enjoy the movie even more. <laughs> Son of a I, bitch. I feel like Cartman, let me bathe in your suffering. <laughs> uh, Do you guys yeah, want to know what the know. dumbest plot, air quote, plot point of this movie was sure it was when the like there were slaves that were digging up energy i didn't really understand what they were digging up and they were loading energy but then they decided to join the rebellion at the last minute and they just started filling the bags with sand instead of energy and the only way that these guys were being monitored was like over a video screen so they were able to fool this like massive dark power that took over the world and destroyed humanity by just putting sand in a bag and being like this is full of the stuff you eat and nobody they didn't they weren't monitored at all and i was like that is that is just poorly thought out that is just like because literally like the, the dark one is like uh, how are they doing in the mines and they're like oh everything's fine we can see him on the tv monitor does it have sound no it's fine well, well i mean cthulhu darth vader was their only chaperone and he immediately calls him back at the very beginning of the movie <laughs> but, leave the slaves come to me so that i can wax poetic through a loudspeaker <laughs> so weird I'm not wholeheartedly surprised this is a, well, I guess technically a wizard wizard entertainment movie uh, slash full moon entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. When you see that produced by Charles Band, you, you know that there could be issues. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> this is one of the times when it was not. I, I don't understand anything you guys are saying. <laughs> there's good Charles Band, and then there's not good Charles Band. No. Unfortunately, that's like 5%, 95%. No, there is amazingly bad Charles Band and good Charles Band. <laughs> Lies. If you Anybody who hasn't seen this movie and you're on the fence, this is what you need to know. I'm on the Wikipedia page right now. The country where it was produced is United States, but the release date only has one listed for Italy. That's that's how that's what you need to know about this movie. <laughs> this is them going like, where would they put up with this shit? Oh, uh, yeah, that's all. Yeah, those Italians will watch anything. They were like, ah, we've made another successful ripoff. Wait, why isn't this badly dubbed? <laughs> <laughs> Ciao. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> Is this the part where we tell Noah my mom's from Italy? <laughs> Does she say ciao? <laughs> yes, but not the way you said it. <laughs> well, I said it like a sleazy filmmaker. Is your mom a sleazy filmmaker? <laughs> You wish. If, if, if she is, can you send me copies of all her movies? Because I really like this. <laughs> all right, we're off topic here. <laughs> hey, you're the one that brought your mom into this. Somebody, somebody else say something about the movie so I can tell you why you're wrong if it's positive. Uh, I don't think I got that in me. <laughs> If you're on the fence with watching the movie, watch the MST3K version, and then you're watching MST3K, so it doesn't matter. I, yeah, I, that, that I would probably watch. Yeah, I think I'd enjoy that. But, yeah, that's you know, the movie's not supposed to be good when you watch MST3K. Although, typically, they censor it a little bit, so I think they might cut out one or two little glorious bits of <laughs> weird dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Just completely unnecessary nudity. Do you think they have to censor the penis hallway? Because those are clearly penises. <laughs> like, they are unquestionably penis puppets with teeth. <laughs> so I don't think I was paying enough attention. Was it supposed to be, like, the, the main bad chick in the pleasure yes. thing? Yes, the, the, the pleasure chamber. Yeah, because that didn't look like her boobs at all. And And once again... There was narration to explain the pleasure chamber, and he doesn't explain it. He just no. says that she goes into it, and, and and then all of a sudden you hear the voice be like, "Hey, bitch, quit getting off in that pleasure chamber. That's only for special occasions." <laughs> and that narration, but he just been, "This is the part where you get to see boobs," and then we just clip to him, right. clip away. Well, that's the best thing in exploitation. Uh, a good, a good booby can really like save a minute of boredom, and and they even failed at that. Like <laughs> he did not successfully make a boob erotic. <laughs> oh my god! I know. I was like, oh, good. At least there's boobs in this movie, and that's like all we ever see. Yep, just just her and the weird naked chick and naked dude in front doing their weird like sixties <laughs> wavy arm dance. Yeah, uh, could be worse. It could have been the scene with those like mutants outside that weren't part of the plot but just showed up anyway. <laughs> the, the mutants they just show randomly following them through half of the movie. <laughs> they just in the background. <laughs> And then they all of a sudden they just have like one really poorly choreographed fight scene with them, and then they just move on. Like that'll oh. pad it. That'll pad it to ninety minutes. Yeah. Can we talk about the glorious uh, final fight scene between Emo uh, Conan and Cthulhu Vader? Because <laughs> that is the most like boring, weird step, stab, step fight I've ever seen. At one point, he runs down like a straight path, and Cthulhu Vader is like, oh, I lost him. He went straight ahead. There's no way I can figure out so where, where straight is. And then he climbs up on top of a thing that is only three or four feet tall and sneaks back up 
coming straight back two feet to the left, and Cthulhu Vader does not figure it out. Well, to be fair, he couldn't really turn his head. He was like in the original bat suit before he got upgraded. <laughs> As long as he's right in front of me, I'm good. Because this movie definitely deserves to be compared to Christopher Nolan's work. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you did that, not me. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't even know what to say. Like by that point in the movie, the scene you're describing, like everything you're saying is correct. I believe you're criticizing, and I, you're correct to do so. But it didn't seem out of place to me. Like the fact that a guy can run straight ahead and nobody knows where he went. Uh, that was not far-fetched by this movie. There's a point in this movie where they literally say, we'll go the rest of the way underground. And then they don't go underground, and everybody's okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> None of the other characters go, I, I thought you said we were going to go underground. See, Do I don't... Those things where he like said it, but nobody really heard him, and then he didn't want to say it again because he thought it might be awkward, so they just... <laughs> Shrugged his shoulders, and I was like, I guess we're not going underground. See, see, the problem with you guys' tone is that you're saying all these things like they're bad things. <laughs> and they're what make this movie so good. So enjoyable. Objectively speaking, I feel we can argue that that was a plot fail for him to no. state that they were going underground and then they don't. <laughs> Objectively bad. But it doesn't matter if a movie's bad if it's fun to watch. And I argue this is fun to watch. Okay, well, no, we have to take a step back because you are arguing the second point, but I want to argue the first point. I think it does matter if a movie's bad. <laughs> Meh. <laughs> Excellent counterpoint. Listen, I understand why you would want to watch a quote fingers good movie. <laughs> I just find the goodness of a movie to be completely irrelevant to how much I enjoy a movie. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just like I enjoy like Miami Connection, and I do not consider that a good movie either. But this one's just so bad. I mean, they shoot a snake with a rocket launcher, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> or no, no, that's our ticket to Hawaii. Wrong. Ron yeah. Sidar has failed. Yeah. We're going to have to watch some of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I got nothing else about Robo Holocaust. If, if you'd like to keep preaching its qualities, Noah, you are more than welcome to. You know, I think, I think I've effectively got my point across. <laughs> <laughs> watch. If you like bad movies, watch it. If you don't like bad movies and you like MST3K, watch it. <laughs> there you go. That's a good recommend. If you don't like either of those things, why are you listening? Don't listen to, this to show? don't listen to anything I say. <laughs> well, I can agree with one of the three things you just said. So. <laughs> <laughs> it better be MST3K, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Brian, do you, want, do you have it? You want to give any final thoughts? You want to recommend this movie? Oh my god, no. I mean, like, I haven't watched the MST3K version. I know it's first season MST3K. So I guess it's going to depend if you're a Joel fan or a Mike fan or a Jonah fan. So 
I don't know. I might give it a rewatch with the MST3K, but that, this still might be rough to watch. Hallway of evil toothy penises. <laughs> <sighs> That's what Noah's memoir is going to be called. <laughs> That's a really good name for it. <laughs> I watched a movie with a bunch of hallway toothy penises, and then the next week I got laid off from my job. <laughs> Do the two mean anything? I don't think so, but I'll never know. Oh, if people at work found out we watched this, we'd all be we'd all be having to explain some shit at the very minimum. Damn you, Tim Kincaid! Tim Kincaid owes me a job, you son of a bitch. Oh my god! All right, should we move on to Bronx Warriors? Yeah, I don't. Wanna, I don't want to talk about this piece of shit anymore. So let's move on. Move on to another piece of shit. What? Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> At least the next one's a movie. It's true. Um, you want to do this one, Doug? You want me to do it? Well, you do it because I'm not sure if there was a plot or not. So <laughs> there was. There was a plot. Kinda. All right. Well, basically, this movie just takes like Escape from New York, the Warriors, and I don't know something else, and just throws them in a blender. This is kind of what you end up with. Yeah. Um. So there's this girl who apparently inherits this company when she turns eighteen, and she's just like, I don't like this company because they do some i guess moral morally questionable things it's it's basically one of like the super corporations from uh, like shadow run if you've ever played shadow run or like um, judge or, dread yeah. or something like that but just, i would just one of the ones from the real world where, where <laughs> yeah, giant corporations go. destroy everything and ruin everyone's life well, ex- yeah. except if I understand correctly in this, it would be like if all of the big evil corporations joined together into one even bigger eviler corporation. I'm oh, sorry, the, the real world in five years. My bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Um, so she just runs away from home. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, apparently the Bronx has been declared no man's land. And uh, so, like, police and stuff just don't even go in there anymore. And so these gangs essentially rule it, and the writers are sort of the main gang that we're following, uh, led by a guy with some of the waviest, best-looking hair I've ever seen. <laughs> John Bunker is so jealous of this guy. Yeah. And uh, wears the deepest V, V-neck vest I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> There's Just actually a really good story behind all that. We'll get to that at the end here. Yeah. Um, so she just, you know, I guess is hanging out with the writers and all these other, uh, gangs are around, there's confrontations, uh, and then, uh, uh, the corporation hires these mercenaries, uh, led by Vic Morrow, sadly the movie he made right before he went to make, uh, the Twilight Zone movie. And, uh, so he goes in to sort of cause chaos and try to get, uh, the girl to come back. And then uh, chaos ensues. I mean, this is not a huge plot. There's just lots of, hey, you're a gang. We're a gang. This is my turf. Let's fight. This is mainly a lot of that. 
in uh, Fred the Hammer Williamson because he's fucking awesome. Basically, the end plot ends up being that Trash needs to get to the other side of the Bronx to the uh, the area that's claimed by the Tigers led by Fred Williamson because he needs them to team up to stop uh, Hammer, who is the evil assassin guy who is teamed up with a group called Zombies. All right. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of that is not true. It's what the movie wants us to believe. <laughs> but there's a lot of flaws in like the plot. Like he makes he goes all the way across the Bronx because he's going to team up the two gangs, and they're going to like go back and fight back against the Hammer and the zombies. But in reality, he only brings back Fred Williamson. He doesn't bring back anybody else, and he doesn't require any of his own gang members to team up with them. So it's just two guys that they needed to fight the hammer, which he had like 10 guys already. Yeah, but 10 men do not equal one Fred Williamson. That's a surprisingly strong point. I apologize for my criticism. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you degrade Fred Williamson by he's not as good as 10 men. 20 men, minimum. (laughs) That's true. All right. It is awesome mustache in this movie. It is quite the mustache. Okay. Uh, so, Doug, what did you think of this? Have you seen this movie before, Doug? No. I surprisingly have not seen this one before. But uh, I don't know. Uh, what did I think of this movie? That's a tough question. There were moments in this movie where I was like, okay, this is an interesting movie and there's a plot going on here and some of the fight scenes are really fun to watch because they do things like this is like the opposite of surf Nazis where like they show you all these cool weapons and then a fight scene breaks out and they use them which is like great because it's fun to watch him use that like he's got the elbow pad with the spike on it he actually like gives people the elbow and kills them and there's a guy that has like little things that pop out of the wheels on his motorcycle so he can drive through crowds and knock everyone over. <laughs> All that stuff's fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, as far as like the story goes, there isn't one. None of the behavior of any of the characters really makes any sense. Like even the hammer, when he goes in, he's like, they're like, okay, you've been hired to go in and get this girl back. So he just goes in and starts killing gang members problem solved <laughs> like how's that gonna get her back no one knows <laughs> and he, he clearly doesn't give two fucks he's just like i'm just gonna go in there and kill them all well he's he's on a mission of vengeance he's just using that as an excuse what's his but okay if, if that's true then we need to know who he's seeking vengeance against and why the, he's seeking vengeance at the very beginning of the movie they explained that he actually grew up in the bronx and that he's got beef with basically all the gangs he just hates them yeah, but that's not really what a vengeance movie is. It's just well, trust, just, me, he's, trust he, me, he's got beef. He's, he's not really a, a well. He's a, he's a genocidal psychopath. That's the whole thing. He doesn't he doesn't like the people in the Bronx, and so he's going to use this as an excuse to take them all out. All right, fair enough. I mean, I, it was fun to watch this like wannabe Charles Bronson running around killing oh, people yeah. and stuff, and it was like he was trying so hard to be Charles Bronson in this movie, and. It was like, okay, all right, I can live with all this. And I mean, there, it, it was fun to watch this movie. It's very difficult for me to say whether I would ever recommend it to anyone else. It's like, 
how do you explain to people that the opening dialogue tells you that the riders run the Bronx, but then they don't even? It's like you just you failed it. You failed at the opening script to start to tell us what your movie's about. That's how far away from being a good movie you are. But it was fun to watch. The fight scenes are fun. They're pointless. I could do without the one fight scene that was really a dance scene. Um, but yeah. <laughs> it was fun to be had in this movie. So what do you think of Marco as trash? <sighs> I mean, <laughs> the hair and the outfit and the no acting at all. It's interesting to try and piece it. I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it's it, he literally. It's like it's like. Uh, this is a hard one to talk about. <laughs> he's a terrible fucking actor. Well, he looks well, fantastic. He, we'll get to that. He's not. He's not an actor. That's an important note. That's not surprising to me to find that out. No. But he's he's terrible in the role, but he's somehow perfect for the role in this movie. Like it makes total sense that he is the lead, and that Fred Williamson, who's good at what he does, is like the backup guy. Like that's that makes sense in this movie somehow, and I don't know why that is. Mark, Marco Gregory is proof that lizard men walk among us <laughs> because if you watch him in this movie, every movement he makes, it's like it's the first time he's ever done that movement. He has no understanding of human joints or or motion, like. Nothing he does. He doesn't ride a motorcycle like a normal person. He doesn't walk like a normal person. He he is beating someone to death at one point, and he's flaring his arm back and forth like he's high on acid conducting the most psychotic musical of all time. <laughs> and and the reason why he is in this movie in the first place is so so the, the director of this movie is uh, Enzo G. Uh, Castellari? Is that how you say his last name? I believe that's right. Sure. That's but, awesome. uh, but Enzo's actually, uh, as far as exploitation goes, a pretty accomplished director, even before he made this movie. <laughs> Which, yes, that sounds not true, but it is. He made the original, <laughs> like, Inglorious Bastards and uh, a, f- a few other big ones. I can't remember what they are off the top of my head, but if you look up his uh, his IMDb, he's got a huge list of movies he made. And somehow he has weird connections in the Italian fashion scene. And so the the clothing designer on this film is an Italian fashion designer. And uh, Marco Gregory is a freaking Italian fashion model, which is why he doesn't move like a human being. He moves like a creepy fashion model. And if you take any moment, any moment in this film, and you pause it, right, he looks fabulous. It doesn't matter when the middle of a fight scene. Pause it. He's in a pose. He doesn't move. He just shifts from pose to pose to pose. <laughs> you know what? Everything you're saying makes complete sense to me as you say it. And that's, I don't know if that's good or bad, but yeah, it's yeah. Then to make to make it complete, to make the whole enchilada of of madness that is this movie, you've got the five main characters who have the outfits designed by what an Italian fashion designer thinks a futuristic American biker gang wears. 
and the background bikers are actual Hell's Angels. They are all <laughs> real Hell's Angels. I was going to say some of them look like real bikers and some of them don't. No, they are. It, the, what, that probably explains it. Yeah, if you actually watch the credits, the, the, it's, it says thank you to the, the something something Hell's Angels. They're, they're, they're just Hell's Angels from like five different cities that came in to be the background bikers. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and while bits and pieces of this movie like completely come apart at the seams and it gets a little boring in the middle part. Like there's a lot of like running down random hallways with nothing happening. There are these crazy moments where all of a sudden it's so cool. The uh the the meeting between the writers and the tigers where the scene opens up with the huge empty parking lot and just the random guy playing drums. Still trying to figure out if that's a guy from one of the gangs who plays drums, whether it's a random guy that plays drums and they happen to be meeting near him, or whether that's just like they accidentally filmed the guy that was providing the music on set that day, and they're like, oh, fuck it, leave it in. Yeah, I have no idea why that guy's there. Yes the, to all of them. At the end, it doesn't matter, and as far as I'm concerned, that scene's awesome. I actually agree. That scene's pretty good. Uh, from what I read, uh, they were going to film, and there was just some people, like street performers, just in the area when they got there. And he's like, oh, yes, it's good. Get in the movie. And that's why that guy's in that movie. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, I, like, I, I did read something about this movie, and it's, it's literally like the director or the producer, I don't know which one, like got lost in the Bronx and is like, this place is freaky and weird, like some kind of future dystopia mm-hmm. movie. And that's like basically it. That's all they did was just like that's the plan. Go make a movie about that. The the, the original title to this film, by the way, is 1990: The Bronx Warriors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so set set in the dystopian past. <laughs> well, you know what the funny thing about this is, most dystopian futures they presume that the whole world falls apart. It is clear in this movie that if you just cross the river, it's a normal world going on over there. And it's just the Bronx that has fallen into disarray, which is kind of hilarious. Because all these like background characters who don't want to be caught up in this could choose to just go to the bridge, go across the bridge, oh, get a job, get on welfare if they need to for a little while or something. Like The rest of the world is just continuing to exist all normal-like. So what's the... like? It doesn't seem... It doesn't really make sense that all these people are like trapped in the Bronx. There's nothing keeping them there at all. There's, it's not escape from New York. There is no wall around the Bronx. It's just whatever. Yeah, yeah. I read somewhere that they couldn't. They didn't have permits to stop traffic or anything. So in some of the scenes in the background, you can see people just kind of <laughs> going about their day. <laughs> That's. I mean, that was obviously what happened, and I'm like, I'm a fan of like guerrilla filmmaking i like it when they do a really good job of using natural backgrounds but when there's just stuff happening just like guys going to work in the background of your movie that's supposed to be a dystopian future that that kind of pulls you out of the moment was anybody confused by the yes. two the two gangs <laughs> that, that are the zombies and the scavengers where yep. the scavengers look like zombies yep and the zombies look like a uh, Shogun Samurai Canadian street hockey team. 
Yes, you're right. That, they probably should have used the other names. <laughs> Switch those two around. I don't. It, I I also didn't understand like the scavengers. Were they zombies? Were they? No, that's just a gang. They're just crazy and dusty. That's just the way they choose to look. That's their yeah. uniform. Like the bikers wear the vests and they wear looking like a zombie. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't understand why they didn't look human. Well, and there's a brief there's a brief little thing that they say something. Supposedly the scavengers are like cannibals and stuff too. They'll like kill you and eat you. Sure. Which but, once again yeah. makes more sense for them to be called the zombies. Yep. No, it's like the people who wrote this didn't know what those words meant. And I mean, it's pretty lazy too. I mean zombies, scavengers and then the riders and the tigers like this is the laziest script writing in history when it comes to thinking of gang names can we like, talk about their glorious light up skulls that they have on the motorcycles of course we can somehow, somehow project on the wall a perfect perfect looking skull like as they're driving down those things are amazing I want to get like headlights for my car that look like that. Yeah, they're they're like uh, Halloween decorations, just hot glue gun to the, the handlebars of the motorcycle. <laughs> the thing about this movie is it's so like oddly low budget that I'm like, do they want me to believe that those are real human skulls, or do they want me to believe that those are Halloween decorations? And I'm not <laughs> sure. I thought they were awesome though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and the fact that Fred Williamson's gang, the Tigers. All dress like pimps. I like, say, it, it's the pimp gang, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they all drive souped up hot rods. As you do. Again, like, because this isn't a dystopian future, this is just, they just drove across, they can get their gas and get their car cleaned and fixed up across the river and then come back to the Bronx and live in this, like, weird, desolate land. It's so strange. <laughs> Uh, another interesting thing about this movie, I guess we're not worried about spoilers from a 1982 terrible film. Well, I mean, anything we say is not gonna not gonna change your yeah. your watch of this movie. Yeah, you don't watch this movie, you experience it. Yeah. So. But this film contains something incredibly rare, and that is Fred Williamson dying. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, usually his contracts are pretty pretty solid that he does not die and he always gets the girl and everything works out for his character not so much in this case he must have owed somebody a favor yes i don't i i mean he had like he has worked with the director before and stuff yeah okay but to be put into this movie in this particular role where he's not even the lead or not even the second lead really it's like it seems unfair that he has to do this and like that a fashion model gets to be the lead of the film. Well, in uh, in in Italian movies, particularly around this time, that was a pretty common thing, though. They would pay you a fairly exorbitant amount of money to do a very small role just because they wanted your name in the uh, the credits to sell it in a specific market. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. And I guess, I mean, he didn't really have to act. He's just doing what he does and everything else. <laughs> so, I, I also would like to say there is a sequel to this movie. Yes, there is. And I have not watched it yet, so we might have to watch the sequel at some point. 
<laughs> I don't know if we're going to have to do that or not. It's got Mark Gregory in it. You can watch him move weird for another two hours. <laughs> I think that's that's enough. Like, this movie deserves a cursory watch just to watch him move around. <laughs> it's almost a- not human. It's yeah. weird. Like and I said, yet- he's a lizard. He is a lizard in human skin. <laughs> no like, one will ever convince me otherwise. Getting back to the outfit, it's like the V-neck vest and then the really high jeans. I was so worried that the jeans were going to pop out through the top of the V-neck the whole time <laughs> that I really found that distracting in the movie. Because like, yeah. if that happens, i got to turn this off, right? Like, I'm not a fashion guy, but that's a little too far. He's, he's wearing super tight mom jeans. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> And, like, tucked into, like, knee-high black boots that are spotlessly clean despite living in this desolate wasteland of futuristic Bronx. But he's got that glorious, glorious hair. Like like I said, just just go back tonight or something, put it on YouTube, and just start randomly pausing it and watch, because he's always in a pose. It's bizarre. (laughs) Uh, I'd also like to say, I really liked uh, Joshua Sinclair, the guy who played Ice, who was kind of the uh, traitor writer. Yeah, guy that did not belong in a biker gang at all. Yeah, yeah, he looks looks like a freaky John Lennon. Yep. (laughs) That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) I did not even think about that until you just said that. Yeah. Well, they put him him in the little, like, round glasses, too. But he's like alternate universe John Lennon, where he sides with the corporations. Yeah. Well, also, I'm pretty sure John Lennon didn't wear like a Nazi uniform while he rode around on his motorcycle. Uh, so I don't think anybody else noticed. Like, and this is maybe nitpicking, but there's like one of the bikers happens to be a black guy, and he's got a swastika on his bike. And I think most black people probably not Nazis, in my opinion. <laughs> that seems like that's a flaw in the film. You could have put that swastika on somebody else's bike. Maybe like I'm a blonde-haired, blue-eyed biker that would have that. Hmm. I don't think Solid I even point. noticed. You didn't notice? No, but there was lots of looking at my phone while this movie was on. So what? Yeah. How did you look. keep track of what was going on? Except look, for the fact look, that look. most of the films. How could you motion. look away? How could you look away from from his body movements? They're hypnotizing. I watched this and Robot Holocaust in reverse order, back to back. So by this time, my brain was tired, and I'm just like, he's got glorious hair, but I got to see if somebody uh, liked a meme that I posted on Facebook. <laughs> he's, he's got glorious hair, but what a great way to start any sentence. <laughs> <laughs> he, he also, he looks like, uh, uh, ah, my brain's not working, Steven Tyler. He looks like Steven Tyler oh, went yeah. through a tappy yeah. puller. Yeah. <laughs> uh, way more Jack, though. <laughs> right. With his smoothly shaven chest. <laughs> as this as is... as bikers are one to do. <laughs> this is why we can't watch the sequel because we're going to talk <laughs> say weird things about Mark <laughs> Marcus the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, that's why we can't watch it. Whatever. Yeah. Um, 
Is is there any other reason not to do that? I don't understand. (laughs) Okay, can somebody explain to me the tap dancing scene? I know we're kind of jumping all over the place here, but I'd like to know why there was tap dancing. Have have you seen the Warriors? (laughs) Fair enough. There, there there, There were baseball furies, and they said, well, we can't rip off the baseball furies, so these will be the tap dancing furies. Uh, yeah. I like their leader too, who just shows up randomly at the end and she's like, Stop fighting. Ooh, trash is sexy. You can go <laughs> now, honey. <laughs> that is literally that whole scene, they just they enter a room, some people are tap dancing. They don't stand a chance against the tap dancers. Like these badass bikers, they are getting their asses kicked by tap dancers. <laughs> and then the tap dancer leader just shows up and she's like, No. The one biker's too good looking. You can't kill him. Go They're tap dance fighting, and they just move on. And it's just like, what the fuck just happened? They're tap dance fighting. That trash is so hot right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So what else we got? Like, I for the most part enjoyed this movie. It's completely just random and weird. Amanda came home in the middle of it and sat down for three minutes and was like this movie's weird and then just pulled out her phone and looked on Facebook for the rest of the time yeah that's not unreasonable I can understand that it's it's good in that way that Italian knockoff movies are good I mean that's it's kind of hard to explain it's got a weird charm to it it's not filmed incompetently although people involved in the film are obviously incompetent (laughs) <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Only because I've seen this movie. <laughs> it would not have made sense to me the day before I watched this. Like like I said, the director of this movie was like, he, he had a solid career built up. He was offered a zombie before they gave it to uh, Fulci. And he turned oh. it down because he didn't want to debase himself making a horror movie. <laughs> My response to that is few. Um, But yeah, I I think this movie is... It's doing what it's doing well. It's just I'm not sure why you're doing that. But all these scenes, like even that tap dancing fight scene, it's like you made tap dancers fight. I I don't know why tap dancers are fighting, but that's what it looks like, and that's what you're trying to do. So I guess... Thumbs up? Well, and... It ends up being entertaining. Like that's the whole thing. Pretty much. Other than like I said, there's there's a weird lull in the middle of the movie where there's a lot of like running down hallways and kind of like nothing's happening. But besides that, it's fun. Like it's fun yeah. in, in its fun way. Well, full spoiler alert though, at the end the Bronx is destroyed by police officers with firefighters led by the hammer. And with with not so subtle police state Nazi imagery. Sure. Yeah. And they keep clipping away to like the cops being like, can we just go in there and get them? And the one guy is like, no, no, we have to give the hammer time to bring the girl back safe. And then when they finally, and so the whole time I'm just like, they're going to go in, they're going to go in, they're going to go in. And when they finally like are like, okay, load up the flamethrowers, we're on our way in. It's like, yes! Like, I was super excited for that. <laughs> and there's some good burn effects and stuff. It's 
you can tell they were working on a budget and they can't do as much as they wanted to do but it's like all right i'm in I'm, I'm buying into this i'm having fun watching these people burn all these other people alive that's exciting to me so yeah i would say that in the ending's actually pretty awesome because despite the fact that this is an exploitation of film and stuff i don't think the first time you watch it you're expecting the last 10 minutes to be as brutal as they are well, no, because yeah, like all the tap dancing and the the weird choreography goes away, and it's guys with flamethrowers just marching along, burning everybody, and it's like that's. I mean, it's dark, and it's it's done in a way where you're like, oh, they're like just gonna burn people indiscriminately. That's a weird thing to see on screen. Uh, I don't know. It caught me off guard a little bit because I was excited for the big action fight at the end, and there isn't one really. I mean. The hammer gets taken out, but it's like one shot that takes him out. And <laughs> man, I I love the endings of Italian movies because Italians they like it's like a Stephen King novel. They just hit a certain point and they're done. Like ninety minutes done. Yeah, and so the movie ends with pretty much everybody, including the girl that the entire movie was about saving, dying. And then Trash shoots Hammer with a harpoon gun and takes off dragging him behind his motorcycle. Roll credits. No resolution. (laughs) What do you mean no resolution? I think you just described a perfect resolution for this film. The Hammer was trying to kill them, so they killed the Hammer. And then also the whole city burned around them, and there's lots of other gangs and stuff. But really, the the very thin plot was Hammer went in to get them. Now they got him. Yeah, fuck the Hammer. Here's the question. Would you watch the sequel? I'd be interested in watching a sequel. I actually saw <laughs> that I have access to watch it, and I, to, on uh, some hooked up someone's Plex, and they actually have it on there. I was like, oh. That's amazing that somebody owns the sequel. <laughs> Didn't say they got it legally. I I, I cannot uh, cannot uh, specify where they got it from, but it's well. I mean, isn't Plex Plex is something you have to buy digital copies, right? No. No. Well, then maybe not then. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did not buy the uh, Rick and Morty episodes that are on there. So ah, solid. That's oh, nice yeah. of you to rat him out here in a public forum. Hey, I didn't say who it was. <sighs> Not until they show up at your house with a warrant. <laughs> New Joaquin, you'll be watching one of these fucking movies, and they'll go, you know what? We're we're good here. Just leave you alone. Sorry. You've been punished enough. <laughs> I see you've watched uh, Robot Holocaust. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah. So I, I have access to it. I'm actually tempted to watch it. You saying we might have to do it for a show sometime makes me want to put it off until we actually do the show because i don't know if i could watch it two times yeah we'll do that we'll hold it we'll hold off and maybe we'll like uh we'll do it in some other random sequel well hopefully there's a robot holocaust too we can just <laughs> exactly a year from now we'll drop that episode <laughs> son of Thulu <laughs> nice well do we got anything else before we move on I recommend as as long as you can forgive like an Italian movie for being an Italian movie. 
Yeah, I mean, I think this is a good movie for people who like this kind of movie. I, I don't know how to explain what kind of movie it is to people so that they know whether to watch it or not. But Yeah, pretty sure if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably a movie you need to watch. But all those normies out there, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like I said, my, my wife walks in and goes, this movie's weird. And then, uh, you know, was on her phone for the rest of the time. It's got mustache von helicopter death and uh, Fred Williamson in it. Oh, that's just sad. Noah, why'd you have to bring his helicopter a, death into this? It was, it was a long time ago. <laughs> helicopter deaths are always sad, though. That's true. Especially <laughs> when they happen during a movie filming because they're not using any type of safety stuff. What's fascinating is that guy survived the filming of this movie. <laughs> Dies on a big budget one. Especially since it's an Italian movie, they probably really shot him with a harpoon. <laughs> Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the midnight drive-in at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. All right, so we got one piece of feedback. A uh, good friend of the show, Kent, said, Wow, where to start? Definitely miss Scott, but Noah seems to fit right in. I don't know, Noah. After after to this episode, hey, I don't know I'm, how <laughs> so far I've picked all four, and you guys have been all right with two. I'm batting fifty <laughs> percent. Uh, I love how uh, proud you are of that. Like you expected to be doing way worse. Oh, so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he says uh, he's glad that we're doing a show. He couldn't handle losing my top two podcast, even though the other one which Doug was a part of also has been gone for some time. Uh, anyways, you guys kick ass. Great first show again. Hard to beat Chopping Mall. And you didn't, to be clear. Oh, well. um, I hope you guys can still do movies like you did on TLH and also the new extreme things you're doing now would be a great and awesome variety of movies. Uh, if you guys know what movies you're going to watch, could you still let us know? You all seemed like that was still undecided on the last show, but I look forward to watching the movies. Before you guys talk about them, feel, feels more like feels more like us, the audience, is part of the show that way. Thanks. Uh, yeah, we always have stuff lined up. So yeah, we're always it, announcing what we're doing. It is our intention to announce the next show at the end of each show, but... Last week we did stumble over it a little bit because you expected me to remember what was coming up, and I'm not. Great <laughs> <then>. <laughs> well, I expected you to know for next week because it was your uh, your show topic. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, and I always post banners uh, in the group and stuff. Usually about the time that the episode launches or whatever, I put a banner up for the next episode, so you can always uh, go in and check it out. And if the movies are on YouTube, which it seems like so far we've been pretty lucky, uh, we always post those in the group too, so you can find them and watch them yeah, so at your leisure for free. 
worth following us yeah. on Facebook just so you can watch the movies for free. Unless we ever accidentally do a good movie that like somebody actually cares about the copyright. <laughs> uh, movies that copyright holders are actively trying to keep people from putting on YouTube rather than these movies where people are like, eh, whatever. Uh, so thanks for that, Ken. Uh, everybody else should uh, write into the show. Let us know what they think. Especially um, people who want to write in and say that every all their favorite podcasts are one that I was I was on. That's that's the kind of feedback we're looking for. <laughs> just, just stroke that ego, stroke it hard. <laughs> all right. So we all saw a bunch of shit. Especially me and Noah. I know for sure saw a bunch of movies. Yeah, I've been watching a little bit of movies. <laughs> uh, do you want to start off telling us some of the stuff you watched? Uh, I went to see it, obviously. Uh, as did I. Uh, I, I liked it. Sad. Doug, you didn't see it yet. Not yet. I won't. I won't go into too many details. I think they overplayed the CGI a bit. But but other than that, people complaining about that. It didn't bother me that much. You know, that's like I said. You kind of have to like grade on a grade on a bell curve now, in which. Like overdoing CGI is just what they do now, and that sucks. But just deal with it. Yeah. Uh, I liked it. I liked all the kid actors. Mm-hmm. I'm still not a hundred percent sure if I'm sold on Skarsgård as Pennywise, but he didn't do a bad job or anything. I thought he did a good job. I was one of the biggest naysayers when they announced they were doing the movie, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like. There's no way. There's no way they could ever, ever reach the heights that they did with Tim Curry's Pennywise. Yeah. And I eventually got to the point where I'm just like, well, that's true. Like, they're not. So I just need to put that aside, and then just, uh, um, focus on what he's doing rather than comparing him to Tim Curry. I yeah. thought he did a good job. He didn't do a Tim Curry impression, which was the best choice you could do, and uh, sort of did his own thing and. Had his own personality and stuff, so I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, and that's pretty much it. I mean, as usual, they had to cut a ton of stuff out. But, sure, but that's just what they have to do. I mean, that book's gigantic. They had to cut yeah. stuff out of the four-hour miniseries. Yeah. So yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it. I've seen it twice. Um, I got to go see it in forty. Oh yeah, uh, which was a waste of an experience, but. Uh, yeah. Um, was, some, it, some, was it two hours of like it's spraying sewer water spell in your face? That's what I was hoping for, which is a weird thing to say. But um, now some PR company is like, hey, would you go cover this for your website? Uh, the 4D experience up in Gurney or whatever. So uh, me and uh, former uh, TLH host Scott went up and uh, checked it out. And, uh, like, it was fine, but first of all, there was no smells. Like, I didn't smell nothing. And this seems like a movie you could really do a lot of weird stuff with smells and whatever. Um, the seats, uh, kind of moved around, and the, but they were, like, on two different, like, plates or whatever. And so there were points I looked over to my side, and Scott was, like, a full, like, foot taller than me 
because the seats had moved so crazily. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, they're just... So apparently it wasn't very uh, in unison. No, no, no. Uh, and then uh, they were, like, spraying air from the seat in front of you, so you get, like, that quick... And they were just using it basically as, like, a jump scare. And I think for, like, a more of, like, an atmospheric horror movie like this was, like, that it was more distracting than anything else. Yeah. And it also, like, after people getting sprayed in the face with air or whatever, people, you know, are laughing and then for some reason feel like it's okay to talk for, like, five minutes after that. So, overall, it was not a good experience for this movie. Um, I was telling somebody yesterday, like, I'm not a fan of the Fast and the Furious movies. I've just, I've never even seen one, so whatever. But it seems like this would be a good experience for, like, one of those movies. With your sheet, with your uh, seats, like, moving around and, like, all that stuff. But for this movie, it just did not. That makes sense. Did not work very well. Yeah. Yeah, overall, I was uh, positive on it. Yeah, I'd say it's a recommend. Yeah, so Doug, you got to sneak out of your house and go see it. Yeah, I, I keep trying to find a way to do that. I'll do it eventually. Yeah. It'll be like three months from now, and I'll be reviewing it with no one. <laughs> you should tell you just tell your girlfriend, like, hey, I got to go get some uh, formula for uh, Lando and then uh, sneak out of your house and just come back three hours later. You'd be good. I'll give it a shot. It's, it's 11 o'clock. He needs formula. He goes to bed. It's, it's fine. He needs it for tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, for being so negative on it, I was very positive, which surprised me and made me happy. So I'm excited to see what uh, part two is going to have. Hopefully it's not like the television movie where the first part's really good and then the second part's kind of boring. Yeah. It seems like they're doing away with the spider thing, so good. We'll see. Uh, so I went and saw it. Then the next day, <laughs> I went and saw the Hitman's Bodyguard, the, the one with Why? Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Because I have movie pass. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> and that was the other thing I wanted to see. So it's it's a it's basically a buddy cop action comedy where one of them's an assassin and one of them's a bodyguard. All right. End end of. That's the title. End of complete movie plot, like the end, and uh, it's pretty much exactly what you think it is. And being such, it's it's enjoyable. I would actually, I think, if they would have went a little grimier with it and lowered the budget and uh, made the action pieces a little more kinetic and a little less showy, it would have been a better movie. But that's that's my own personal preferences gotcha uh then the next day <laughs> i went and saw uh mother the new uh aronofsky movie the very divisive aronofsky movie okay this does, this does not seem like it's going to be up your aisle at all well here's here's the thing i actually have pretty broad movie tastes and i will say this the acting is amazing as you would expect it to be with the people who are in it. Like the, the dialogue and stuff aren't bad. And the atmosphere for the first three quarters of the movie is like oppressive and, and interesting 
with all that being said, that movie sucks. And it sucks in a way that's frustrating because you can't tell people why it sucks without spoiling the entire movie. Okay. But I'll put it this way. The, basically, the movie is a metaphor, and it's really fucking stretched. And it, it just doesn't justify anything. It's basically, it ends up being a big, pretentious load of shit. <laughs> Now, don't hold back. Let us know how you really feel about it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I say that as I am an Aronofsky fan. So I'm not going to come out and say that I'm one of those people that hate him in general and went to the movie and hated it. I like him. I like everyone that's in this movie. And I think everyone in the movie did a stellar job. And I think it's still a bad movie. Hmm. Which means it's Aronofsky's fault. Like, I... And, People keep saying the writing's good, in which I think the dialogue is good, but I mean it's the the story itself is what's shit. So so saying the writing's good is a lie. The dialogue is good. The writing shit. Gotcha. It's it's right. pretty. I mean, for the most part. <laughs> But I don't know. It's it's weird. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't consider it a horror movie, mm-hmm. and I think it's weird that it was sold as a horror movie because I went into it kind of expecting a Rosemary's Baby, uh, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, which that does. That's how, that's how it was marketed, and that's yeah. yeah, that's exactly how it was marketed, and that is not what it is. Interesting. But so, so go see it at your own risk because I can't tell you why it's dumb without ruining the whole movie. And I'm not. See, the funny thing is, you may have sold the ticket because I kind of want to see it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then the next day, I went to see American Assassin. <laughs> because it's got Michael Keaton in it. Yeah, well, it's Michael Keaton. Of course, that's a, that's actually like the best reason to see a movie you've given so far. So. Yeah, Mike Pete. Mike Pete is awesome. Uh, I would say it's okay. It's it's uh, a movie that could have been a lot more, and instead, it's kind of just a generic action movie. Mm. And if they would have completely eliminated the main character, just got rid of him completely, <laughs> and just took. Uh, the not main character played by Keaton and just made him the main character, it would have been a better movie. Like, cause that his character is interesting. The main character is a whiny little bitch and it's kind of hard for an action movie to be led by a character. That's a whiny little bitch. Hmm. Interesting. See, I hadn't really heard about this movie until just like, this week, and I saw a bunch of people talking about it. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, Michael Keaton's in it." I was like, "Michael Keaton's in it." Why didn't I know about this movie sooner? Yeah, I I will put it this way. Uh, what what was the movie with Benicio del Toro in it? Uh, Sicario. Hunted. Hunted? Oh, is, yeah. is that the name of it? Him and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you took the main character out of this movie, this movie is a remake of Hunted. 
<laughs> Where Benicio del Toro's character, instead of going crazy and going into the woods, becomes a terrorist. Hmm. Like, all right. But when you say things like, if you took the main character out, that implies to me that it actually ends up being very different. Well, you know, he's the main character. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm Well, but he's just, he serves no, the main character in that movie serves no functional purpose other than being a vehicle to move the story about Hurley, which is Keaton's character and the bad guy's character along. I mean, the opposite is if you take out those two characters and leave his character, what you get is the whiny, bitchy origin of Punisher. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> like, so, so that's what you get. And I would say it's it's a movie that's worth a watch. I don't know if it's worth going to see it in the theaters. What if you got Movie Pass? If you have Movie Pass, it's always worth going to see it in the theaters. <laughs> I'd go see it twice. <laughs> movie Pass. I'm gonna go see Kingsman tomorrow. That comes out tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to make Amanda get over her, but the movie pass isn't here yet. Thing to go see Kingsman. I didn't. Not paying attention to dates. Didn't even realize that was tomorrow. And then Monday, I'm gonna go see Friend Request, and it looks terrible. I'm gonna go oh, see it, does it look anyway. Terrible. Have you guys seen the trailer for the movie called Happy Death Day? Which I think looks awesome. <laughs> not yeah. this. It's it's Groundhog's Day is a horror movie. Yes. Awesome. This girl gets keeps waking up in her dorm in well not her dorm room, a dorm room, and then uh, someone's there's like a slasher after her. So every time she gets killed, she wakes up again in her dorm room and then or in the dorm room and has to figure out who it is that's the killer or whatever. But it's like awesome. But it's played like. I don't want to say tongue in cheek, but I mean it's played. Well, it have to be a little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's played a little lightly. It's not, you know, super yeah. serious about itself, which I think is a good choice. I think if they tried to take that concept and make it serious, it'd be ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, if you have a little fun with it, I think that could be a fun concept. You know what sold me on it? The title. That's amazing. <laughs> that is yep. that is the most eighties title that has been done since the eighties. <laughs> like. Like that is chopping mall. That is like <laughs> all those stupid, you know, uh, April Fool's Day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Isn't it supposed to be her birthday too? Is that the whole thing? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Well, yeah. that's. I mean, clearly, it's a pun, right? So. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, but it looks it looks good. I've been surprisingly now that I've been going to movies constantly. I've seen a ton of trailers for movies that, I've had. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I was that normally I would be like, I'm not going to go see that. And now that I got my movie pass, I'm like, yeah, I want to go see that. <laughs> <laughs> That'll burn two hours. See, Doug, we don't have universal health care here, but we have movie pass, and that makes it all worth it. That's an interesting trade-off, because <laughs> if you're just always sitting in a nice, cool, air-conditioned theater in comfy seats, you'd probably get hurt a lot less than you don't need the health care, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it, except you're drinking a half gallon of soda while you're doing <laughs> Eating, like, three sticks of butter with your popcorn? Yeah. 
it's not even real butter. Some yeah. horrible oil with butter flavoring. <laughs> butter flavored topping. Ooh. We have that here too. I think that's universal. But with the free healthcare, we can do the double pump of it. Oh, there you go. That's where that Man, heart attack on your way home from the theater. You just pull into the hospital. That's fine. <laughs> uh, just see anything else, Noah? Uh, I think that's it. Because I didn't yeah. go see anything today. <laughs> I should have. Uh, what did you see, Doug? Because I got a huge list, but I'm going to try to do them lightning round style. So, all right, I got a couple of uh, a couple of different things. First one. Because we had like actually two weeks in between uh, recording, yeah. All the listeners don't know that because of the magic of re- late releases. Um, I actually made it through a couple of TV series. Ooh! First one was Ozark, which is oh, the Netflix so that's on my original. List. Yeah, and it's definitely a recommend. I think for you, I think it's the kind of thing you would get into. Yeah. Um, so for people who don't know, it's basically Jason Bateman plays a financial planner and in the first episode we find out that he's been using his financial planning skills to launder money for a mexican drug cartel um as you do yeah and a minor spoiler but in the first episode it it turns out that his partner has been stealing from this drug cartel and they come in and they're going to kill everybody bateman thinking on his feet i'm calling him bateman he has a real name in the show but Jason Bateman. You can't be famous this long. Expect me not to call you by your actor name. Um, he's thinking on his feet. He does some fast talking and he convinces him, oh, if you let me move down to the Lake of the Ozarks, I can launder so much money down there. It'll be so easy. And uh, I can I can help you out enough that it's worth keeping me alive. And so he does that and that's where the show kind of picks up is him moving into this territory. His attempts to sort of figure out ways to launder money without getting caught and meanwhile he kind of runs afoul of the existing criminal element in the area plus he's dealing with his family that is like none none too happy to suddenly find out oh our happy go lucky dad is actually a criminal who's getting us dragged into this shitty situation so uh you know it's a it's it's a show that is it's almost like tonally it's in some ways similar to Breaking Bad. It's a little darker, but it has that element of dark comedy thrown in every now and again as well that I think worked. It's like it's it's the kind of show where there's a line of dialogue where they, they think they've figured out everything. They've got this scheme in place to launder this money and they're like, okay, as long as like none of our clients die in the next month, we're perfect. Everything's gonna be fine. And immediately, like, your brain just goes to, okay, which client's going to die and how funny is it going to be when they go? And it does not disappoint. I won't spoil it at all, but it does not disappoint. Nice. Um, and yeah, so, definitely been on my list, so I'm excited to check it out. It's, yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. It's got a lot of, like, moments, too, where you, like, just when you think everything's going in one direction, something fucked up happens that you could not possibly predict, and it just turns it's going in a different direction right now. And it's like, so you keep thinking, like, okay, our characters have figured out their plan for how to get out of this situation, and they're going to be live happily ever after. And now, like, you think, okay, there's three episodes left. Like, the next episodes are just them implementing this plan. But then some big twist happens. So then there's a new plan, and then another big twist happens. And it. 
it, it all it's ridiculous because it's TV and we know that this couldn't happen in the real world, but it all feels real enough within the confines of the show and the universe that they've created that I just went with it. So I enjoyed it quite a bit. Sweet. Uh, other end of the spectrum. I also made it through the series son of Zorn. <laughs> this one is yeah. son of Zorn is amazing. Yeah, I'd absolutely never heard of it. I just flipping through Netflix one night when I probably should have already been in bed and went, oh, this looks interesting. <laughs> and 13 episodes later. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, basically what would happen if He-Man moved to the real world because he felt guilty about not being a father to his son. Um, it's awesome. It's literally a like a cartoon barbarian moves to it's Orange County, California or something like that. And it's he's trying to reconnect with his teenage son and his ex-wife who's remarried. And um, Honestly, my favorite character in the whole show is uh, the new husband of, of the ex-wife. <laughs> Tim it's Meadows. Tim Meadows playing this, like he's like just this like over the top, like nerdy, lovey-dovey guy who's like always trying to find the positive spin on things. And He's amazing in this show. I, I fucking loved him. I thought he was hilarious. So he's I mean, the opposite of the ladies' man? Yes, he's the exact yeah. opposite of the ladies' man. He, <laughs> I already said that this was funny. Ladies' man, well, so you can see it's the opposite. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but I really like this show. Fully admit, like it's probably not something that's going to appeal to everybody. It doesn't appeal to that many people because it's already been canceled, is my understanding. Yeah. But... Which is sad because it was awesome. Yeah, it was. It just caught me off guard by how funny it was, and it's like, it's a half an hour sitcom on like I think I forget which channel aired it originally, but it's like not that's not something I would normally ever even consider. I don't really watch network television anymore because why would I in today's landscape of available entertainment? But it was. It's very funny, and if it, like it's everything you're hoping for if you've ever wanted to see what would happen if He-Man interacted with the real world. A better example of that than the live-action Masters of the Universe movie. Don't, don't you love that movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, shit. It, now, now we have to watch it. Say it's already on the list for yeah. for an episode coming up. So okay, I forget the list. I, I, I do like. So. I do like in Son of Zorn the unwritten rule of everybody from what? Uh, what's the name of Zetheria? Is that their land? Yeah. I think that's right. Everyone from there is just a piece of shit. Like there's no one who exists there oh. is not a complete douchebag. Well, because it, yeah, because they're like they're barbarians. They all just kill each other and drink each other's blood. And it's I mean. My, probably my favorite moment in the whole series was when they tried to go to a Zetherian restaurant and Zorn gets really upset because they're using like lime juice instead of actual like pig urine or something <laughs> in one of the dishes and he gets very openly upset because it's like an insult to his culture. It's absolutely hilarious. I love stuff like that. So, I mean, obviously yeah. it's it's obviously doing that thing where it pokes fun at the real world through this exaggerated thing and I'm I enjoy that as well because it's like I don't know. It's like they're culturally appropriating his Sethirian culture, and you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I see what you're saying here. Yeah. Nice. But and there's a, like there's a whole thing where like the kid 
I mean, spoiler alert, the kid takes his pants off one day and realizes he has cartoon legs because <laughs> he's half Cytherian. <laughs> and he's all embarrassed about it and trying to cover it up from his friends at school. It's the bottom. He has to come to terms with it. <laughs> nice. Although apparently Zetherians have two penises. That's yeah, important to know because it, I don't want to spoil it because I am recommending that people watch it. But yeah, the, the two penis thing plays a role in the, <laughs> a major plot twist in the final episode. <laughs> Which I believe would have been explored further in the second season, but I guess we're not going to get that unless Netflix buys up the rights and makes it. Which is actually a good chance, Matt. See, it, they do that, so it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, and I and I hope they do because I want to see more of this. Doug says more Zorn. More Zorn. You anything else? So, yeah, I got a couple more things here yeah, actually. That's all right. Opposite end of the spectrum from what we normally talk about. I checked out a movie called Hell or High Water. You guys heard of this one? Nope. Sounds familiar. The title sounds familiar, but I don't... Apparently, if you pay attention to this sort of thing, it was nominated for, like, Oscars, including, like, Best Picture and stuff like that, which I never pay attention to those movies, so I didn't even know that. I think this is the first Oscar-nominated movie we've talked about on this show. I didn't check if Surf Nazis got any nominations <laughs> or not. <but>. Two. <laughs> so is this the Jeff Bridges movie? It is a Jeff Bridges movie. Okay, yeah, I know one, what you're one of, about. It's one of the reasons that, that it's awesome is Jeff yeah. Bridges, but yeah. So basically, this story is two brothers played by Chris Pine and Ben Foster are they're on a bank robbery spree whole time you can tell chris pine is kind of the he's the sort of more straight and narrow guy who's clearly got a goal in mind ben foster is the, the bit of a loose cannon and that's causing conflict between them and we sort of follow their storyline as their and we get kind of the backstory as to why they're doing this and they sort of become the sympathetic duo that's completely contrasted with jeff bridges and his partner uh which is the another actor whose name I don't know off the top of my head but I recognize his face um, and they're sort of the Texas Rangers I guess that are chasing these guys down and so what we do is we we go back and forth between these two two partnerships, these two brothers and then the, the, the police partners and they're kind of on a collision course we all know at the end of the movie it's going to end up with those guys going head to head but it's really interesting to watch it's I think Jeff Bridges is amazing in this film. He's kind of doing a modern version of his take of, uh, oh, what was the Coen Brothers movie he did? The Dude? No. the True, um, True Grit? True Grit. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, he's doing like a modern version of that character, and it's really well done. I mean, it's, I mean I'm mean, i going out on a limb here. Jeff Bridges is a great actor. I don't know if I'm making any controversial Ooh. statements. But, yeah, he's a... Uh, Picking Jeff Bridges over Bo Bridges? That's some uh, fighting words. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's a, a debate for another day. But he's amazing in this particular movie. He kind of plays like the guy that's getting ready to retire, and this is kind of his last uh, his last case, I guess. And there's talk that because like, he's not catching these guys as quickly as some of the people would like, so they're playing it up as, is he stretching this out just to not have to retire because he has 
kind of nowhere to go once he's done. Would he say <laughs> that he's uh, getting too old for the ship? Yeah. <laughs> there are definitely moments where I'm waiting for him to blurt out that line. Um, you know, the ironic part being his partner is not the not the not the youngest guy either. So it's kind of funny that they're uh, the way they're playing it out. But yeah, the movie is fantastic. The acting is fantastic. I mean, Chris Pine and Ben Foster are great together. Um, I, I don't I didn't know Chris Pine was that good of an actor because I've really only seen him in Star Trek, and it's it's a different type of thing. You're not really expecting him to act in Star Trek, so yeah. I, I was really impressed. Um, some of the stuff that happens in the final confrontation is a little bit over the top with the, some of the violence, I thought, um, kind of outside the scope of the film that they'd set up. But I really, really like this one. It's a huge recommend if you're into like crime movies and like sort of modern day Western style stuff. Um, a lot of social commentary mixed in about how they're going to all these small towns that have been decimated by the practices of these uh, bankers. And so people are not necessarily against the banks being robbed the way you would expect them to be <laughs> stuff like that yeah i remember hearing good stuff about it so it's definitely been sort of on my radar but you know yeah i, 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 I sort of forgot about it until you just brought it up I, I literally was flipping through netflix and like okay it was almost you know as jeff bridges said i'll watch that i like watching people shoot at each other sometimes especially if it's him. So <laughs> huge recommend very different from what we normally talk about on this podcast. So maybe, you know, if it's this or robot Holocaust, you shouldn't be having to make that decision. You should know yourself well enough to know which one you're going to like robot Holocaust. <laughs> Damn it. Noah. <laughs> uh, so one other movie I'll just recommend people stay away from. Oh, it's just—it's called Here Alone. It's a low-budget zombie movie. I stumbled across on Netflix as well. I got to stop relying on Netflix when it says you may like, because um, it doesn't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's—it's it's, the only reason I wanted to bring it up is because it's a strange thing that I've—I've I've just realized about myself is probably 15 years ago, pre-Netflix era, when if I picked this up off a blockbuster shelf, I would have been like, oh, somebody like they, they found a way to do a zombie movie where they concentrate on the humans so they don't they can get around the fact that they don't have a budget to do zombie attacks and all this. But because we live in a world where everybody can make a movie with their phone, it's like, okay, this is one of 20 movies that fit that description on Netflix right now. You got to do something special to make me feel like you're worth my time. And, they really don't. There's nothing particularly original about it. Um, but it's it's a zombie movie. If people are, you know, purists who want to see all of them, there you go. That's one. But I, I don't necessarily recommend it. It was slow and unoriginal. Hmm. And what was see, the title again? Here Alone. Here Alone? Yeah. Fuck so. those guys. Well, not not fucked up. I'm glad they made their movie, and maybe they'll get better at making movies with practice, and they'll make something good in the future. But I don't know. I just it was just interesting to me because I'm like, oh right, I remember when I used to just rent every zombie movie at Blockbuster, and I always ended up liking them because 
let's be honest, when I got that DVD home, it was the only movie I was going to watch that night, regardless of what else happened. And this one here, as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, like, I could just turn this off right now and find something better. It's just the way the world has changed. That makes... Yeah. It's raised my standards for movies because there's so much more available at your fingertips now. I can't decide if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Me neither. Neither do I. I, I can't either. It's, it's an interesting thing is where I kind of landed when I was thinking about it. Yeah, I've always thought like if, if I could go back in time and tell like my 16-year-old self like someday you'll have so many movies at your fingertips that it will take you an hour to decide what movie you want to watch and then yeah. you may just say fuck it, I can't decide and just go to sleep. Yeah. My mind would be blown. I, I can't even imagine trying to explain the concept of Netflix to young me. Being like, okay, so you're going to pick a movie. And I'm like, okay, I'll get my bike. No, you don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> like, you just reach for your remote. I can watch it on my TV. It's gonna, you're going to watch it through your video gaming system. What? what? But the graphics will be terrible. No, it's, it's fine. Trust us. <laughs> get this. If you want to lay down, you can watch it on your phone. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Could you imagine saying that to somebody in 1994 and they're like staring at their phone going, at least I got the portable one so I don't have to sit so close to the wall. Uh, <laughs> I think I think my biggest problem with it is, is I imagine uh, a 12-year-old me in modern day in some kind of darkest timeline scenario, which, which we are clearly in. And all I'm imagining is him turning on something like Dawn of the Dead and watching the first 10 minutes of it and go, yeah, why are the zombies blue and turning it off and going to watch oh. something shitty again? You know what I mean? And then a yeah. portal opens up and current day Noah walks out and just slaps him in the face. <laughs> she just punches him in the throat until he dies. Fucker. Have you ever had that? Have you ever had that where you show a classic movie to like a younger person and they can't get their head around the zombies being blue or something, and you're like, "No, sit down, shut up, watch the movie, take it all in, and when it's done, I'll explain to you why it's awesome, and then you can watch it again and appreciate it." Like, yeah, I've heard just, reports, have not witnessed it firsthand, that some young people, um, when trying to watch the original Halloween find it completely boring and say they prefer the Rob Zombie uh, version. Uh, which then makes I, me want to destroy once, the universe. Once again, darkest timeline. <laughs> I can't I can't even get my head around somebody calling Halloween boring. I don't even know wouldn't even know how to react to that. But yeah. I definitely showed Night of the Living Dead to some kids one time and they were which is again not something I should be admitting to. But they started <laughs> like they said, who are you, mister? Why are you in our house? <laughs> Yeah, I just Never mind. I always find it weird listening to kids go, oh, I don't like this. This is an old movie. And and I would scream at them and be like, it was old whenever I saw it for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember one time like walking through, and this is like back long enough ago that I was walking through a blockbuster with a buddy of mine. I picked up some movie in a hand and I was like, we should get this one. And he's like, this was made before I was born. And I was like, how is that relevant to our current discussion? Let's go home. Like, well, why? I. I I don't understand the mentality that I can't watch something that's because it's old, but I, I know a lot of people have it. People are dumb. Anyways. All right. So that's why you shouldn't watch here alone. But you want to hear about something that does suck and we can totally say the fuck these people think about it. Sure. 
because I paid money to go to the theater. We don't even have your fancy pass thing, so I had to pay for each individual <laughs> ticket to see the fucking Inhumans. Oh, see, I, I, I knew better than they that. Released that. You're a sucker. I knew better than that. I I am a sucker. I knew nothing literally going into it. I hadn't even seen a preview, but I'm like, it's Marvel. I know I know it's like the pilot for a TV show, so I know it's not it's not Marvel movie quality. But I'm like, how bad can it be? And I needed something to do that night. It was that or come home after like I'd gone out to dinner. And I was like, all right, well let's see this. Fuck them for putting this in theaters for starters. <laughs> because in addition to the fact that it sucks. The acting's bad. The story's bad. They're really trying to do too much. You can't do those kinds of special effects on a TV budget. But it, more importantly than that is, when you put it in theaters, it has to be a storyline that can sit on its own, yeah. not just a commercial for the upcoming series. And so I like I anticipated something like like the the Clone Wars movie that Star Wars put out. Where it's like, okay, it's not. I'm not expecting it to be the quality of a Star Wars movie, but at least it's a story. Mm. At least they edited it in the episodes of this show to make a story. They didn't even do that. And it's like, you know what? That's you don't get to charge people money to see the first episode of your TV show. That's not how that works. And you, it should have been a confined story that had a beginning, a middle, and an end, and then room for it to continue. And that's what should have happened. But well. Uh, I, I'm fucking pissed that I paid money to see it because it's like that's not you lied to me. You said you were selling me a movie and you didn't. I've got good news for you, Doug, because you already have your vengeance. That show has been canceled in the first episode hasn't aired on TV. Good. <laughs> good. And I mean honestly, like if you guys like if it's on TV and you can watch it or or wherever you get access to your television shows, like go ahead and watch it. I mean it's not good and like i don't watch agents of shield i only watch the marvel the only marvel tv i watch is the netflix stuff and it's like okay that i i, I don't expect this to be netflix quality because i know it was going to like abc but i don't know you, you got to be better than that and the, the most important thing is you don't get to trick people into paying money to see something yeah yeah was, fuck you marvel yeah. Unless, unless you want to send us stuff, then we love you. Yeah, hey, well, I, I would say this marks the uh, the first thing that Marvel's done since the uh, the great push that is a complete and utter failure. I think so. I mean, certainly none of the movies, to my mind, have been a failure either. From like obviously financially, they do well, but they all I can't. There, there's not a single failure as far as I would say that was a bad movie. There are better ones and worse ones, but there's no bad ones. And that's a huge accomplishment, how far they've gone into this. And like I said, I don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I didn't watch the Peggy Carter show. All the Netflix stuff has been pretty good. Um, even even the stuff that's not at, that's not the best is still very watchable. This was, this was difficult to watch. And then when it came to an end, and I'm like, why isn't there a story? There should be one. I yeah. Guess. You, to, to do Inhumans right, you really have to get three characters absolutely 100% correct, and that would be Black Bolt, Medusa, and uh, um, the the traitor guy. Um, yeah, I don't know his name, but... Starts, it starts with an M. I can't remember. But yeah, him, I already did. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But those, 
those three people have to be right because they're so important in the Marvel Universe and people have very strong feelings about them. The, the rest of them, like Karnak and all those people, you can like flub it a little bit because people aren't going to have a stroke. But I watched that first trailer for it, and I was like, "You motherfuckers!" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I don't know the characters from the comics because I've never read them. But it, these guys wouldn't have been popular enough to make a TV show out of if this is how the characters are portrayed in the comics. I I will put it this way: Black Bolt is in a secret club with Doctor Strange and Reed Richards as one of the most powerful people in the entire Marvel universe. Uh, in this one, he forgets how money works. Yeah. Uh, literally, like, there's a scene where he goes into, like, a store. He's wearing his, like, Inhumans outfit from their base on the moon. And he, like, goes into a store and they dress him up in a suit and he tries to leave without paying for it. But we know that the Inhumans who live on the moon have been monitoring Earth this whole time. So they would have a basic concept of how stores and money works. Like it doesn't make any sense that this guy who's the leader of them would not understand that. Right. At least, yeah, it's stupid. I did like the dog that can teleport. I don't, I don't know its name. Yeah, lockjaw. Yeah, I thought it, I thought that was that was kind of a decent effect of having a giant dog that teleported, and the concept is ridiculous enough that it made me smile every time it happened. Fan fan favorite. Yeah, that makes nice. sense. In the in the very original continuity of the Inhumans, that was a person because you know they get exposed to the mist and they mutate. Okay. And, yeah. yeah, in the original continuity, it was that one of their siblings got exposed to the mist and it turned him into a giant dog that can teleport and made him like as dumb as a dog and stuff, so he couldn't have a normal life anymore. And Marvel decided that that was too dark and depressing and retconned it. Well, it, it, the, the thing is, dude, I, I love the way you said dumb as a dog, because one thing I loved in this show is they keep relying on the dog to get them places. And they're like, take them to the exact location where you dropped off so-and-so. And then they end up, like, everybody ends up on Hawaii, but they end up in different parts of Hawaii. Yeah. And it's like, of course, because you trusted a fucking dog. Like, that was a dumb thing to do if you're trying to get to an exact location. The dogs don't know how to use GPS. But it's just... But again, it's a funny moment in a, in a shitty show. So. Hmm. Well, I'm glad I wasn't really interested in it to begin with. So. Yeah, I, I literally picked it like out to dinner, sitting at the table, going, maybe we'll go to a movie on the way home. Pull out the phones. What's playing? And oh, I should have just gone home. <laughs> That's my response. Nice. Fuck. Alright, anything else? No, I'm done. I needed, I needed to get that rant out, because technically I saw that before, last time we recorded, and it's been built up inside me the whole time. Oh, like, oh I forgot to bitch about that! <laughs> nice. Yes, yes, let the hate flow through <laughs> you. Um, Alright, well, i got a giant shelf at home that's like movies I need to watch because I've bought them and haven't watched them yet. Uh, one of them yeah. is a movie called Death Valley that has uh, the kid from A Christmas Story in it. Awesome. Um, and it's essentially uh, he is 
going with his mother, who was just recently divorced from his dad, who is uh, what the fuck's his name? Is it Stephen McCaddy? The 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 Max, the record store guy from the Lost Boys. Um, and so he's going with his mom to Arizona, uh, and they're going to meet her new boyfriend. And so essentially, he's going from New York to like Cowboy City in in Arizona. And so this kid is like not happy, but he's trying to, uh, you know, go along with it for his mom, who is played by uh, Catherine Hicks of Child's Play fame. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> there's a uh, killer in this car who uh, kills a bunch of kids that are in an RV. And then they, of course, randomly stop somewhere in the middle of the desert just to, here, go out and walk around in the desert, see what it's like to be a cowboy. And he, of course, he stumbles upon the uh, RV. So then the killer starts like stalking their family and stuff. Um, it's a it's a decent slasher movie. Uh, Peter Billingsley's awesome in it. He <laughs> so he's like a little kid from New York. When we see him in the beginning, he's like wearing like a little suit and tie and stuff. Like that's just what he wears every day. And so he's not too keen on going out to the wild west and. Uh, uh, I don't know, playing cowboy for a week or whatever. So they literally buy him clothes, and he's out. He's he's standing in front of the store, like, talking to his mom about it. And she's like, you know, just really try to like him and like all this stuff. And he's like, I'll try him. I'll try, mom. And he's like really sincere about it. And then he's like, okay. And then, like, walks with, like, bow-legged with his cowboy boots on and his cowboy hat, like, out to get at the car to just be a complete smartass. And I'm like, that is fucking hilarious. Like, I died laughing. It was so awesome. I'm like, I just need a gif of that playing over and over again. Um, the movie's pretty good. I would definitely recommend it. Screen Factory put out a, put it out on Blu-ray a little while ago. Um, let's see. And pretty much everything else, I'm going to lightning round it because I was on vacation for a week. Uh, spent about five days in a house with four other people where literally all we did was watch horror movies the entire time. Um, someone I think said, Hey, this TV should not be off this entire week. We're here. So people just kept randomly throwing shit up on the TV. So I watched a lot. Um, let's see. First up, uh, rewatch of Argento's opera. Uh, still enjoyed it. I think still one of my more, uh, favorite Argento movies. Um, some of the other people there didn't enjoy it nearly as much, but fuck them. Uh, watched a movie called Sideshow, which is a Charles Band movie. So a bunch of teenagers go to a carnival, and of course they go in to see the freak show, which is what the movie should have been called. And yeah. uh, end up uh, some of them end up not leaving and actually becoming part of the freak show. Uh, the movie's pretty terrible. It's full moon. Don't watch it. Um watched a movie called Snapshot. It's alternate title because it's an Australian movie. It's an alternate title is The Day After Halloween. And if you look at the reverse cover for the Blu-ray I bought, uh, the title The Day After Halloween is in the exact same font as the title Halloween on the Halloween movie. So they definitely were uh, trying to put it into that. And the funny thing is, uh, there is no reference to, nor does it take place anywhere near Halloween. Uh, 
<laughs> just literally just trying to play off it. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, so this girl uh, sort of talked into becoming a model. Like, she's, you know, she's good looking, and her friend's like, no, look, you should come let this photographer take your picture and, you know, whatever. She immediately makes it into, like, a high, like, well-known, like, perfume ad or whatever in a magazine and stuff. But then, of course, someone starts stalking her, and we don't know who it is and whatever. So it plays, like, the little slasher game. Like, it's decent. It's worth a watch. Um, I don't know. It's an Australian Australian movie. I think it was in that uh, not-quite-Hollywood documentary. They showed some clips of it. So, worth a watch. Always was, bet on Australian movies. Yes. And I think at this point, like, it was, like, 2.30 in the morning, and I was in that, like, I'm, I'm like, bending over to get up from the couch and to be like, all right, guys, well, I think I'm going to go lay down, and I'll see you guys in the morning. And then someone just blurts out, like, hey, we should watch Red Sonia. To which then I just ease myself back onto the couch and was like, well, I guess I'm staying up for another hour and a half. <laughs> So we watched uh, Red Sonia, which is fucking awesome. I love Red Sonia. Uh, so yeah, it's just <laughs> just uh, Brigitte Nielsen as a redhead, uh, kicking ass, and then uh, sword fighting with Schwarzenegger because why not? Um, always enjoyable. Absolutely loved it. My problem with Red Sonia is uh, no, there's no problems with Red Sonia. Well, no, I can't just watch it. If, if I watch Red Sonja, I have to watch all of the freaking Conan movies, too. And same yeah. thing if I watch one of the Conan movies. If I watch one Conan movie, I'm watching both Conan <laughs> movies at Red Sonja. <laughs> yeah. See, I haven't seen Red Sonja in a long time. I can tell you, like, I tried to watch those Conan movies back-to-back a while back, and they did not really hold up for me. So There's a, uh, there's a remake on a film reel somewhere hiding in a warehouse. <laughs> Because they canceled that movie's release like a week before it was supposed to come out. Never heard anything about it again. Mm. Um, yeah, so then the next day, uh, someone decided they wanted to watch Cheerleader Camp. I told them that probably wasn't a good idea, but they watched it anyway. Um, you know, whatever. It's cheesy slasher, um, but you see this fat guy's ass for like a good like three minutes of the movie. And that's definitely not worth uh, sticking around for. And then uh, Leif Garrett does a rap in the middle of the movie. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, next up was Bloody Bloody Bible Camp. That um, sounds amazing. I will say, you know what kind of movie you're in for when the opening line of the movie is at an 80s, like, uh, no, it's 70s, 70s, like, Bible Camp. And it's just a bunch of girls standing around, and one of them just says, I bet Jesus had a really big dick. <laughs> Maybe I should only fuck guys with big dicks, just like Jesus. And so it's just like, all right, yep, that's that's definitely the kind of movie we're in for. So um, completely low budget, completely cheesy as shit. It's a, um, a nun with like a devil mask on running around stabbing people with a crucifix that has a knife at the end of it. So... Um, definitely, definitely worth a watch if you're in a uh, I don't want to watch anything serious type of mode. So that weapon sounds awesome. Crucifix with the knife at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, then uh, we watched part of Killer Rack, 
which was not a great movie, but um, has a girl whose boobs start killing people after she gets breast enhancement done. Um, so you know how you're talking about like, oh, those things are definitely graboids. Imagine a girl with almost graboid-esque type things coming out of her fake boobs. Because, uh, yeah. It's Go on. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think your review was summed up for when you said I watched part of a movie. It's like, oh. Uh, Debbie Rashawn's in this, so um, you kind of know the kind of movie she's been in lately. So, yeah. Is, is it available on Blu-ray? I don't know. Probably. I'm because, sure. Probably. Because I need a copy of Grappling Tits. <laughs> See if I can find a picture. I'll send it to you. Um. We watched uh, Drive-In Massacre. Um, I don't know. It's like cops fumbling around trying to find somebody who's stabbing people that start having sex in drive-ins with a sword. <laughs> but the, the bad thing that is... sounds so awesome. The bad thing is the movie doesn't focus enough on the stabbing people having sex in drive-ins with, with a sword and focuses more on like the police procedural side of it, like them trying to find what? out who it is. And I'm just like, oh, man, this had such potential. So it's bumbling cops. At one point, um, the cops are trying to stake out this drive-in. So, of course, one of them dresses up like a woman. And they're both, like, two fat dudes. So one of them, you know, hilariously dresses up like a woman. And then the other dude's just dressed up like himself, sitting in a car in a drive-in. And the guy's like, maybe we should act like we're making out. See if we can smoke this guy out. And he like starts to like lean over to him. The guy's like, "Get off!" <laughs> you know that sort of uh, hilarity. Um, was a little disappointed. Could have done with more uh, sword deaths at the drive-in. Sounds like it has a lot of potential. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Google Assistant. I don't need you. Um. So we're still talking about Argento, and someone said. Yeah, opera's pretty good, but we should watch Phenomena because I think that's one of the better Argento movies. So we did watch Phenomena, otherwise known as Creepers. Um, still enjoyed it. Uh, you can see Donald, Ple- Donald Pleasance in a wheelchair hanging out with a monkey. So that should sell you on watching it. And then Jennifer Connelly can control insects. So why not? Yeah. Um, watched... God damn it. Fuck. Uh, watch the Toby Hooper version of the Toolbox Murders. How'd that hold up? Uh, actually, I did not enjoy it the first time I saw it. And then upon this rewatch, I actually enjoyed it more. And maybe that's because I went back and watched the original Toolbox Murders, and that one's not very good at all. So <laughs> maybe enjoyed this one better. Um, we did cover part two on the. Uh, on the last horror cast and that one is atrocious what yeah that seems like a bold statement i don't remember it that well <laughs> it was not good this one was much better has uh, angela bettis uh from may fame as the main character trying to figure out why uh people are getting killed one by one in this apartment building um did not remember that sherry moon zombie is the opening kill in this movie I'm like, is that Sherry Moon Zombie? Because she looks like somewhat normal. Like she's got like, yeah, like business clothes on and stuff. And then uh, yeah, she gets killed. And I was like, holy shit! I do not remember her in this movie. So 
Um, after that, I decided to torture everybody, and so we watched the Corey Haim movie Watchers. Oh, I loved that movie when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, so did I. Corey Haim, Michael Ironside. Yeah. Um, like it's fun for a nostalgic watch, but I mean, it's still, it's, it's not a good movie. Uh, I had fun with it, but everybody else is like, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah, I know. But come on, Michael Ironside. <clears throat> um, I watched Killer Party, which was not good, and I do not recommend watching it. Um, and I honestly don't even remember what happened in that movie, so fuck that movie. <laughs> uh, uh, watched Deathline, which is the director's cut version of Raw Meat. Um, this is actually the second time I've seen it and enjoyed it actually more the second time. I think the actual story is not super great, but I think Donald Pleasance's performance in this movie is awesome. He's just sort of a, he's like a detective trying to figure out who's killing people in the subway and he's just, I don't know, he's kind of cranky and just yells at everybody and I loved it. Uh, cranky and yells at everybody, you know, yeah. we all good detectives do. Of course. Uh, we watched One Dark Night. Uh, Meg Tilly and uh, Adam West. Uh, yeah, enjoyed it, girl. For some reason in the 80s, there was this fascination with like uh, people in high school wear these satin jackets and they're part of a club. And if you want to be part of that club, you have to do something crazy to get into it. And then, of course, something goes wrong. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of these movies. And they, they make Meg Tilly sleep in a mausoleum overnight and then she can be part of the sisters which is what this group is called uh eg daily's in it she's one of the girls in the club already and uh yeah and then it turns out there's this guy who was found to have killed a bunch of girls um had just been interned at the mausoleum it turns out he had telekinetic powers that maybe even got even more powerful after his death so he starts causing all sorts of havoc in the mausoleum and whatnot. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, then we found out like three people in the room had never seen the changeling before. So we remedied that really quickly. And uh, I absolutely still love the changeling. George C. Scott just trying to figure out who, why there's a ghost haunting him in this giant mansion that he's renting. Uh, still creepy shit like ball bouncing down the stairs, which is still creeps me out every time I see it. Yeah. So if you've never seen The Changeling, I highly recommend it. Uh, and then, oh, what were you gonna say? I was just saying seconded. Like, yeah, The Changeling is yeah. great. Yeah. And then uh, the last thing we watched was Mountaintop Motel Massacre, which was not good. And uh, I stopped paying attention about 20 minutes in and started looking at my phone. So it's essentially one of those people go stay at this hotel. The people running the hotel are evil. They start killing people who are staying at the hotel. And then, you know, shit happens. Uh, that's one that's on my list that you're saying not to bother. Well, I gave it one and a half stars, which is not good. But no. uh, I don't know. Maybe a reevaluation in the future. But definitely that night I was not... Not into it whatsoever. And then uh, I guess the last thing is I watched uh, the new episode of Channel Zero last night. Uh, be the one of you watched the previous season of Channel Zero? Nope. No. 
Uh, so it's sci-fi's like horror anthology show. Um, they're taking on, I guess, creepy pastas. And last season was Candle Cove about a weird kid show that was on like in the seventies, and then a bunch of kids like went missing, and now like it's you know thirty something years later, and suddenly the TV show magically appears on TV again and suddenly other kids start going missing and it's just weird, creepy shit. The famous image from it is a creature that's made out of children's teeth. So it's literally just a monster made of teeth, which is weird and gross. Um, That's horrifying. Really enjoyed it. And so I was looking forward to season two and they're doing no end house, which apparently is, uh, like a, so it's like a traveling like haunt, and but it's like everybody. It's sort of like an urban legend one. It only pops up like in one place for a certain amount of time all over the world, and so suddenly it's popped up in this kid's town, and so they decide to go check it out. And it's all like I hear there's like six rooms, and if you make it to the sixth room, it like is so terrifying you end up going crazy. So they all like you know decide to go in and then first three rooms like people are getting freaked out and then um they all kind of freak out and decide to exit early and of course the end of the first episode is them outside of the house but things in the real world are weird and so the question is are we actually still inside the house and don't even know it type of situation and so it's it was really good i'm really interested to see how that plays out They've done something super smart with this series, which is um, each season's only six episodes apiece, and they shot the first two seasons like together. So essentially, like budgeted to show out for twelve episodes, and then just shot two seasons together. And now, like they're showing the second season a year later, and it's already been renewed for seasons three and four, which I'm assuming they'll do the same sort of thing. Nice and I. It's like six episodes is enough to tell a really good story, but not overstay your welcome. And they can budget it halfway decent by just shooting 12 episodes or something and then splitting it up into two seasons. So definitely worth a watch if anybody uh, gets a chance to check it out last season and this season. And that's all I got. Those are shit ton of movies. Just, just that. Jesus. It's know, like right? tomorrow since you started talking. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I I tried to power through it pretty quickly, but good Lord. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. All right. Well, Doug, since uh, next week was your pick, do you want to tell everybody where we're going to be watching? Yeah, we we wanted to talk about uh, Mermen, basically, so we're going to do Island People! No, it just had a stroke. That's fine. Just want to make sure he's over it before I start talking again. <laughs> Sorry, SpongeBob flashback. <laughs> Anyways, we're gonna do Island of the Fishmen and uh, Humanoids from the Deep. A Mick, uh, Vic Morrow joint. Nice. Yeah. As uh, Noah like to call it, fish rape. We're doing our fish rape episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, fish sex. <laughs> I have never seen. Uh, Island of the Fishmen. It's been one of those ones that's been on my to watch list forever. So 
Yeah, I've never seen either one, so I'm excited. Humanoids I've seen, but it's been a while, so I'm looking forward to a rewatch. I remember liking it, but it's hard to remember all these specific plot points. Uh, so it'll be important to watch it again. Uh, we should also watch the the terrible PG 90s uh, TV remake of Humanoids from the Deep. <laughs> they did a 90s television remake? Oh, yeah. That movie does not lend itself to a television remake. No, it does not. Right now. <laughs> it was a mistake. Interesting. Yeah. That's one way yeah. to say it. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm excited. I've never, I don't think I've ever actually watched like a series of movies like based on Merman before. So I'm excited to check this out. I can't believe you've never seen Humanoids from the Deep before. Nah, it's one of those like I've, it's been, you know, I'm like, oh, I, I should watch that. And it's been on my list to watch, but just hasn't happened. So you just kind of like, yeah, I'll catch it next time. Well, guess what? Now it's finally next time. That's why you do a podcast. Exactly. Make you watch things like that. Yeah, which I'm actually excited about. I'm excited. Plus, I'm pretty sure these are both movies next week, so it's a nice <laughs> step up. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.